Welcome back to this week's episode of the Sports Burrito. This week we'll have our first guest and an ex-Harlequins rugby player, a classic would you rather, and some actual sporting content to mull over. So sit back, enjoy, and once again we apologise for any offence caused in advance. Uh, right, so I think the obvious place to start with this week is uh, the return of the Premier League, coming back on the 17th of June. It's two weeks exactly from when we're recording this. Um, exciting. What a day. Exciting, yeah. Hugely, hugely exciting. Pretty big first fixture as well. What? Uh, the Arsenal City one. Not, well. No, that's actually not the first fixture. The first fixture, I believe, is Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, in what was bound to be a corker. <laughs> even bigger, even bigger fixture, huge. really. Uh, a, oh, a derby for the ages. Um yeah, I mean, it's, it's all very exciting. I, I don't really know what it's going to be like. I mean, having watched a bit of the Bundesliga stuff, it's strange. It can't that... be much worse than that, though. I think it, can't be. I think it would definitely be better. I think when you've actually got a team so that you're invested in. so much in. more competitive than their league as well. The upsets That's you'll see. I just think, um, because we're more familiar with the players and what's going on and the teams and stuff. I think that's why we're going to enjoy it more than we enjoy the Bundesliga coverage. I think it's kind of unfair that we're that it's so easy for us to sort of drag down the Bundesliga coverage and how the Bundesliga's come back just because we don't really know who three quarters of the players are, or I certainly don't. Yeah, really. exactly. Apologies to any German and football experts that may or may not be listening. Yeah, any results <laughs> don't really affect your team or, or, or anything, teams that you support, your fantasy football, whatever it may be. Yeah, there's a lack of like vested interest, which means it's... um. I mean, much more difficult to get involved with. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Like you say, Arsenal have City on the first day back, which means we're going to get pumped 3-0. De Bruyne's going to score twice and Bernardo's going to score the other one. Um, that's just yeah. like, we'll be 3-0 down at half-time and then they won't really try in the second half. They'll just pass it in circles around us. That's what happens every single time we play yeah. that City. Um, 10% possession to Arsenal. Yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty bleak. Uh, Mustafi up against Aguero is always an enjoyable sort of... Scrap to watch. Arteta against Pep, Matt. It is the first Arteta versus Pep one. That maybe maybe it'll be different, but I just I don't I d- I'm not harboring cool. I'm not harboring much hope, quite frankly. But the Master and the Apprentice. The master. I wonder it's the Master and the Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> the Grasshopper becomes the Master. Oh, shut up! <laughs> um, and I think it's United Spurs. Is the is United's first fixture and Spurs first fixture? Or you two should put a tenner yeah, on it. That's going to be huge. We could go head to head, Rook. Yeah, I'll have a head-to-head bet with you, mate. Nice one. I'm always up for a little, a little wager. Do anything to take any of your money, Chips. Oh, brilliant. That's nice of you. Um, but I think I can only see a Man United win, a Solskjaer masterclass. Absolute lies. There's no chance. <laughs> you have got no chance against us, mate. You're bad. Pogba Bruno. That sweet, sweet Pogba Bruno link-up. Right, everyone needs to stop raving. Bruno Fernandez is good, but he's played. Four Wasn't he in games. the Prem team, the BBC team of the season, or yep, something? Yep. Oh, yeah, it was because it was voted for by fans, is... and United fans are all brain dead. <laughs> mate, you, I mean, Arsenal fans can't talk as well, Matt. You, you guys. I don't think any football fans. You can fill, talk. you fill the bloody all the fans. Arsenal fans Arsenal. are keyboard warriors. Mate, we we love a poll, an online poll. You get beat. You, you just hate that because we beat you in every poll, mate. Fair point. And uh, future Man United player got his hair cut and bagged a hat trick, Jaden Sancho. Yeah, that was actually pretty good going. Um, obviously, he was. It was a quite a, a sad sort of statement that he had to make afterwards in the wake of all that's been going on the last couple of weeks in the states. Um, mm-hmm. But from an actual footballing perspective, good hat trick. I stopped watching that game at one nil at sixty minutes. And I came back half an hour later and then won six one. Um, <laughs> he's so which, good which seemed like a yeah. his, dribb- his dribbling ability is like literally second to none Somebody he is just electric isn't he glides he? he glides past players he really does makes it look easy did you watch a bit of uh, Alfonso Davies as well some of how quick he is the road he was, like, tracking back and putting in that's what Thomas Muller referred to him as and now the press seem to have, been, have given him as a nickname he is rapid uh, I'm not sure how much I buy it I feel like it's I just don't like Thomas Muller why not? Yeah, what have yeah. you got against Thomas Muller? He, What's he ever done to you? He was part of the Bayern team that bought the Champions League to Chelsea in 2012. He's very German. He's just like he's, he's like archetypally German, which makes me not like him. He just sounds seems like a Ooh. bit of an overconfident man. He's buying all the win, thinks he's going to win everything. I just don't like him. And he looks weird. Would you would you would you go to Oktoberfest with him? He does look like it'd be quite jerks. There's that video of him dancing with a horse that I've seen. Yes before. or no, Matt? I would. Yes, it's a yes or no answer. 
No. Do I, well, what's my other option? Do I have other people just, I can go no, with instead? No, that's it. Would you go no, with them? It's just, it's just, it's just go, go, go with Thomas Muller or don't go at all. I'll go with Thomas Muller then. I'd rather go to Oktoberfest than not go to Oktoberfest. Yeah, but I'd rather not go with Thomas Muller if I had to. If you had to pick a Bayern player right now to go to Oktoberfest, who would you pick? It's a good question. Well, past or present, we'll make it a bit more open. Past or present. Um, yeah. Philip Lahm? I'm trying to think. Philip Lahm, I think, would be quite dull. He's just got a very straightforward hairline, and that makes me think of him as quite a straightforward human being. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pick up a yellow card for four years. Yeah, and Pep said he was like really obsessed with football, and like Pep Guardiola loved him because he was such a good football brain, and that just makes me think he'd be a, a, a bit of a bore. Yeah, I'm just talking maybe. to me about like rondos and like patterns of play, and I wouldn't be that interested. Robin, maybe Frank Ribery. I don't know if I trust Frank Ribery. Am I, is that something I'm allowed to say? <laughs> to be fair, I would not go with him. You and Frank Ribery would be a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Opponent, uh, when you think oh, I have time, I have time, and then me, 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 the roadrunner. Uh, in rugby news, the NRL came back this weekend. Uh, and the NRL, they've been using artificial crowd sound uh, in the stadium. They've been playing it through stadium speakers, which apparently there's a lot of uh, English rugby and football are like looking into into doing that kind of thing. And it does sound pretty natural when you watch it on the telly, but I wonder what it's like for the players in, that are playing, to be honest. I mean, I don't think it'll yeah. affect the players too much. I just think it's quite a strange thing to do. I, I think I'd prefer well, to have I... no sound at all than have, than have fake crowd sounds pumped in. I'd be completely opposite. I think noise over no noise, 100%. I think it'd be more interesting to be able to hear more of what's being said than it would be to just sort of sit there and listen to like FIFA sound basically coming through the screen. Mm. I don't know. I know in the NRL as well, they, they mic up players quite a lot. They mic up the captain every now and then. I know Fox yeah. Sports do it. That, that sort of stuff is so good. Some good YouTube content. It's really good to listen to. Um, I don't think you can also, do that in the Premier League because they're all such potty mouths. So you just yeah, end up with true. you just end up with sort of a, a wave of profanity that had to be bleeped out the entire time. I'm not sure it'd be That's that functional. True. Also, the return of the Super Rugby. New Zealand are doing their own uh, internal competition with the five New Zealand rugby sides, and there's rumours of, of Dan Carter returning to the Blue Squad, which is pretty exciting. That Dan Carter's right in my wheelhouse when it comes to rugby. He's about where my knowledge peaked. So, um, great, great. That's, <laughs> great. that's all I've got to offer. That's all I've got great. to offer on Just that. Great, that's it. <laughs> Just that's great. it. Great. <laughs> Dan Carter, great. That's it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we're going over to Matt, we're going over to Matt Matt Foster live at Twickenham. How, how's Dan Carter getting on? Great. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> In cricketing news, uh, we've had three of three of the West Indies play- players have dropped out of the squad uh, for coronavirus fears. The touring squad that's meant to be touring England uh, in August, I think it is. No, I think it's July, but they're um, they were planning on doing it in just Aegeus Bowl and Old Trafford because they have hotels on site and are therefore biosecure. It's a hot word that they keep using. But yeah, um, I think it was Hetmeyer who dropped out. Who Darren Bravo. Out Darren Bravo and and all round Akimo Paul. They all they all went back to the nets, didn't they? Was it two weeks ago? Bowlers and cricketers were all sent back to for for centrally contracted cricketers as well for England. We're all sent yeah, back to yeah, I think it was about a week and a half. It was fifty five names, about, I think. Yeah, they they brought out a fifty five man training squad um, with a white ball focus. Apparently, I wonder how that works. What I'd quite like to say here is Liam Plunkett. His mistreatment from that. England has been even the first squad after the after the World Cup for that South Africa one day series, wasn't there? He got left out. Of. I think he I think he he was uh, informed by the ECB that he was going to be no longer of any use to them, which is a shame because he was epic in that World Cup final. Yeah. But something I did read about Liam Punkett this week is that he is apparently now considering going over to the States to play. Ooh. Yeah, he's he said because he's got some sort of American heritage and he said he'd be happy to go and play if he if the the right opportunity arose, happy to go and play out in, out in America, which would be quite an interesting thing to see. To be yeah, honest, cricket be. in America is such a, a non-entity, quite frankly. Would, um, you, would you endorse that as a World Cup winner? Do I think Punkett's above it, or do I think... Do you think that it's okay for him to do that? Or is it a bit of a national... I don't think it's to... Na- is it to represent America nationally, or just to play cricket in, yeah, no, in America? No, I, I think it's to play I think it's to play for America. I'm absolutely fine with them doing it. Like, 
if he's if England aren't going to pick him, I feel like cricket's not like relatively loose on those rules. I mean, it's like Ed Joyce. We had Ed Joyce come and open the batting for England for a couple of years, and then when we realised he wasn't good enough for us, he went back and played for Ireland again. Yeah, I think if it boosts, <laughs> if it if it helps the chances of uh, like a struggling cricketing nation, I think that it's, that it's pretty fine. Yeah, I mean, it's good for the sport, I suppose. I can't imagine cricket's going to get that much more traction because Liam Plunk- in the states is going to get that much more traction because Liam Plunkett's playing for the, the national team, but. No, that's true, but it might might give it a little bit. Yeah, more I agree. Attention. I don't know. No harm can be. No harm can come from it. I'm quite in for that, personally. Would you rather do this thing or that thing? So for this week's Would You Rather, we've got something slightly different for you in the in that it's twofold. So the question is, do you think you and six of your mates would beat Conor McGregor in a fight? And would you rather have six of you fight Conor McGregor or eight of you fight Anthony Joshua? Has anyone got any initial thoughts on this? I personally think that fighting Anthony Joshua would be easier because he doesn't he doesn't like kicking people. He's not used to using his legs and he's a bit more sort of confused. Yeah, he's all up a board. No elbows. There's no elbows in there. I mean, it's a pure scrap. He's allowed. To, he's allowed to fight. He doesn't have to just box you. He can fight you in which however is this, which way he pleases him. Is this just fight until until the one group of people gives up? And like if you if you've got eight of you on top of Anthony Joshua pinned down, I think like, he'll quit. Right. But how does he beat us? Just until we're all crying and got a broken limb. Yeah, until none of us want it anymore. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to want <laughs> yeah, it from I mean, the start. Yeah, you've from... got, you don't have an option at the start. Until yeah, until like you physically can't fight at this point. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Well, I wouldn't want to do either, but I also think that six versus McGregor or eight versus AJ, the people with more numbers win, flat out. How? What? What? What tactics are you going for? How are you taking them down? Right. So. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure here. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got to go at the same time. You've got to use your pat your your numbers advantage. Otherwise, it's just pointless. If you go it in one one on one, imagine are just th- one after the other. <laughs> McGregor just the way the way I always thought about it is if you've got eight of you either whichever way you do it you throw your two weakest lambs in whoever you've got <laughs> you take you just throw them in as sacrificial lambs and they take it they take a heavy blow and they're probably out for the count from a pretty early stage but by the time that you've distracted him with those two the rest of you have got hold of them yeah. what are you going wrestle for? them to the ground are you going for the neck what are you going to jump on his arm what are you trying to take? I think you take it. I think you get two at a le- two at lower body, two at upper body, and then if you're fighting Joshua with eight of you, the other two are just sort of like dead weights. So they just need to pull him down, punch him in the yeah. face. The McGregor one though <laughs> with six of you. Well, I'd nominate someone else to jump at his legs. I'm not going near his knees and feet. Firstly, because I hate feet. Especially, <laughs> especially with your height, mate. It'll take you about six hours to get down there, Chitty. I think I'm I'm just going going for the neck slash head early on. Just dark. jugular straight for the jugular. I'm going to get in the air from like a good few feet away, going horizontally at him, clothesline. While someone go, whilst three of them go for your, go for his legs, the other two people go for McGregor's ribs. I'm going up top. My problem my problem with it all is that in terms of blunt force, I don't know if you're ever going to do. Like, if you swung a punch either Conor McGregor or Anthony Joshua, A, your punch is going to do absolutely nothing to them. Yeah. And B, it's probably going to break your wrist if you try and punch them yeah, off. Yeah, definitely. That hurt like hell. So I feel like actually a- a- attempting to to punch or kick them is basically futile. And your best approach to it is to just sort of entangle them with as many as you can. Maybe a closed iron or wrap around the neck is not a bad idea. But I feel like they're both pretty well trained. Certainly McGregor's definitely well trained in stopping people from getting around his neck. That's yeah. why I almost think the jo- eight versus Joshua is the easier is just the easier option. Yeah, I think it definitely is. I think it definitely is. I'm not sure why we've got more men against Joshua. But... Mate, but Joshua's literally he could probably because he's massive. Yeah, but yeah, one punch, massive. one punch. I reckon he could literally have the first four people that run at him KO'd. Yeah, he's got. A, that's the thing. Those first two are very much sacrificial lambs, and with Joshua, you might need three sacrificial more. lambs. More. I reckon you need more. He's got the power. I don't know that if you if you surround them yeah, because if there like are people you're behind his back, I'm saying you encircle them. Either whichever one you do, yeah, yeah it's you not like you're all and you're... slowly encroach. Mm. But mate, he's six foot eight. He's not exactly small. But you're not running at him like upright with you're your face in power. the air, ready to get punched, are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not. So, I'm not saying it's easy at all to to uh, 
like dodge a punch from him, but I'm saying you're not just going to run in head up. Like you'd at least try a little bit of footwork and whatnot. I don't know, but a little bit of footwork. What, foot, what footwork are you pulling out for <laughs> Couple of Anthony step Joshua not to absolutely? As in, I'm dummying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not just running in a straight line or just going to go for No, it. I agree with not running in a straight line, but that's, yeah, I feel like the the strength in numbers is, is the strong point here and the yeah. key is to attack. Do you, do you have a mouth guard? Because otherwise United. I'm just going to spend the whole evening picking my teeth up off the floor. Yeah. I think I, you can wear whatever protective gear for your, for your mouth that you like. Cricket pads and a helmet. You can't wear, no, for your mouth. You can't, you definitely can't wear cricket pads and a helmet. I also think that wouldn't help. Actually. Yeah, it would. Didn't McGregor punch someone in a pub like an old man? He, he, he didn't even go man. down. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. He if wore that it at the bar. Full. Wore it at the bar. Yeah, the and guy just had his whiskey. He was definitely just a weathered drinker, though, and he'd, he'd probably seen a few bar fights. He's probably got absolutely no feeling in his face either, so that probably <laughs> felt like a light slap. <laughs> Anthony Joshua is just raw power, though. But <laughs> imagine trying to even give him like a dead leg. That'd be hilarious. He'd just be like, what are you doing? That's that's sort of the other thing I'm imagining, but if you do manage to wrestle him to the ground, you're just sort of hugged around his legs, just sort of like hitting him. Someone's giving him a nookie or something on the top, a noogie, sorry, on the top. <laughs> it's like two people <laughs> per limb clinging on. I honestly think, I think six against McGregor would be easier than eight against Joshua. Really? I just I think, think I think the first four people getting knocked out clean cold, if not six, with AJ. McGregor's mm. what is he? He's about five foot eight or five foot nine. If four of you run at him, yes, he can bang the first two out, but then you can also try and jump on him, and then the other one, Chitty, you run in and just grab his legs, and then we just bundle on him. <laughs> I might actually use my head a little bit, maybe try and give him a dead leg with my forehead. <laughs> maybe not though. But I'm I I think I'd rather eight of us versus Joshua, and I'd rather fight Joshua. I'm in the same boat, 100%. And so do you think eight of you beat Joshua? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You're saying eight people beat Joshua, and yeah. that's that's what you'd go for, given the, the circumstances. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think we're taking the big man down. I respect him. Big love to AJ. You're getting beat up. Big love to my done. boy AJ. <laughs> my man. If he's got any free my tickets for his next fight, then the sports burrito would love to go. If he wants to come on the podcast, 100% he's allowed on. Let's get him on. Um, Get the big AJ. I think I'm gonna go with Conor McGregor. And you're going McGregor. Yeah. On the phone, we've got our first sports burrito guest in uh, ex Harlequins hooker Charlie Piper and 2016 Under 20s World Cup winner. Um, how are you, Pipes? Yep, you're right. Where are you living at the moment? I'm living um, with one of the the club sponsors. So basically, our flat got. And during like the week before, because we went level four pretty quick. So the same time you got locked down in the UK, we got locked down exactly the same time. Yeah, our kind of lockdown was pretty strict, like straight off the bat. And our, our lease ran out like a week in. So we either had to extend it or get the fuck out within like two days. And I was living oh with like, four, like three, three of the la- like lads from, um, that I've, I've got really close mates with. Like from yeah. from like the club and everything I'm playing for, so we just decided that it was probably best just to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just living one of the like the club, but the kind of sponsor guys and and like the president of the club as well, which has been pretty good and pretty nice to me. So I can't um, really. Mate, complain. what club is it that you play for? What are they, what are they called? So it's, just, it's just like a local club, really. Um, so it's called East Coast Bays, and um, nice. Yeah, mate. So um, Nick Evans used to play there. That's how I kind of got in touch with them, really. When I um, left kind of Quinns, I wasn't really too sure what I wanted to do. Don't, I didn't really want to go out and play professional rugby again because I didn't really enjoy it towards the back end of it. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to experience something else. So I thought probably best to go over to New Zealand, have a bit of more of an experience and then come back to it. And here I am, I mean, a couple of years later with a stint six months in the middle in Hong Kong as well. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, did mate. you? Mate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so I've been been here, there, and everywhere, really. So um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good for the past um, couple of years. I can't really complain. My rig's You're so enjoying sloppy. it a bit more. Yeah, definitely enjoying rug- playing rugby a lot more. Like because like back end of Quins and stuff, you just you end up not playing. Like professional rugby is like mm. such a like a big dream, and you like when you finally get there, it's like great, and you can't like 
fault it at all. But then it gets to a point where you get frustrated and you're just a negative influence in everyone. And mm-hmm. even like your family start to notice that things are kind of not right and you're not enjoying it anymore. Um, and that yeah. kind of got to that point where you, can't, you kind of know that you're not going to be signed on and you're yeah. like not being picked. I mean, towards the back end of Quinn's, I was playing seven in like the A-League stuff, um, which was fine. Like, I don't mind going, as long yeah. as I'm playing. Um, but I didn't really mind playing. I mean, I was being, I was like captain as well of like the A-League stuff, just playing seven. And I was like, I was like this is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been quite fun. Yeah, just got to run around and hit things and hit people. Um, but that's not really what you, what you want to play for. You want to play in those kind of big games and premiership games and stuff. And yeah. I mean, before I got my debut, I sat on the bench for five games in a row before I came on. Oh, really? Uh, that yeah, must be so frustrating. Yeah, like you go, you go up and you probably don't see half of it um, as like a spectator and as people outside professional rugby. I don't see like the half of the stuff that you do um, mm-hmm. like day to day because they only see that 80 minutes on a Saturday you don't they don't see all the other stuff yeah, and course. the other people that are behind kind of what you're doing but yeah I, f- I feel like it yeah it really like kind of helped me and straight out of school it's pretty daunting going into an environment where you've got like like full-on internationals like lions players um yeah i couldn't imagine yeah mate, it was a bit of a, a shock to the old system but <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you leave you leave school you're literally still such a boy and like oh, yeah, you're in such a closed right. environment and then obviously going in there with players like marla easter like big mm. dogs how, how was that to sort of how did you take to all of that yeah i had the welcoming uh, as well the, the, yeah they're very they're all really welcoming everyone's like so lovely and so nice and like everyone always wants to help you you just got to ask yeah. you just can't be afraid to ask for help because everyone's yeah, yeah. always everyone's like yeah. a nice person um but the the main like i i had the school was it the school ball is it where they have like the massive piss up that was on the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was I think that might have been on like a Saturday Saturday evening and then the next day I think it was either Sunday or Saturday or something and the next day I had to go into training oh, like so I just didn't I just didn't drink and I was like oh that's fine and then yeah I mean I've I've turned up training a little bit half and half before when you, when you, yeah. go, out, when you go out on the piss but um yeah it's about, I didn't really want to turn up my first day like that to be honest I was still late but <laughs> was, was, wasn't used to that Guildford traffic in the morning. That's what it was having to drive through. The training facilities are right. They're right by the pitches, aren't they? Because we play. Um, we play in a seven-a-side league, which is where your little gym is. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, did you play down there? You're playing that Monday night. Yeah, we play yeah, on yeah. Monday night. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They just ba- they're based there, and yeah, it's it's like a good facility. Like they put in a gym when I was there, so we used to train up the top in the the main gym, but um. Yeah, like it's like a great club, and like I wouldn't have done anything differently. And um, yeah, obviously going to uni is yeah. great. You kind of mature really quickly, being in that kind of environment. Yeah, um, I bet. So you kind of learn learn quickly, but it's definitely a learning curve that you need to kind of go through. You kind of um, yeah, swim or sink yeah. almost. <laughs> who, are the, who are the boys that you're in the academy with? Like when you obviously went from school you went up was that with people like joe and, and people like that yeah march was a bit of a tricky one he had to redo a year at school um <laughs> uh, and then yeah so it was like me cheese so henry cheeseman josh if it's not yeah. pay. there's not really a lot of us there now it's like we've all kind of moved on like stan south we had like seb who like kind of passed away as well um yeah. we had Oh, well, we had Stan South, who's doing. Oh, he was signed with Exeter. He's doing some stuff up in Edinburgh at the moment. Um, Josh is at Saracens, and then we had, had like Kieran Treadwell, who's gone on to play for Ireland. Um, are playing for Ulster yeah. as well at the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting someone. Well, we had someone like Callum Waters as well, who was there, knocking around. Yeah. Like he signed from Worthing, so he was out of school same year, but played for Worthing for a year, then got signed by Quinns. Um, okay playing well so yeah there was a few of us that were that were there um yeah kind of pretty close and we stayed in like academy houses and things like that which is yeah it gets a bit crazy um but yeah really close with like year above as well like james chisholm and so yeah. there's a lot of people like around that you yeah you kind of speak to and you kind of get close with and 
back to the like who you played with and stuff. Your under twenties World Cup team is like a joke. Some of the you went through the list the other that. day, and the players are just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think about the players I kind of played with then because I wasn't really involved in it too much. I kind of just turned up for the glory days, semi-final, final. <laughs> got Mate, the, perfect. Got, yeah, got the medal, perfect then it off. That was, that was pretty much like kind of baptism by fire because my first the game I played was that semi-final for the 20s because ultimately I was injured for a lot of kind of the year before. I didn't really get a look in. I played yeah. a, like a fair bit towards the back end of that season and played really well. And that's kind of where I got picked up. I got went to the camp beforehand up in Newcastle. It's just a shame it's in fucking Manchester, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember getting yeah. the... Basically, the story actually is quite funny that I was playing a village cricket game. The, they had the, like their final pool game or their quarter-final, I think it was. I was playing a village cricket game, so I wasn't even watching the game. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of... I got back home. My phone, I'm terrible on my phone. Always runs out of charge. Don't really pay attention. <laughs> got back... Um, yeah, got back home. My phone wasn't even charged and I was just like, it's late, I'm just going to go to bed. I, was, I haven't even looked at the score. I probably should have done, but I didn't. And like, I woke up in the morning, had my phone on charge, I flicked it on and like, a couple of the lads, like Stan's, like, um, Stan South, who was in there as well, was like messaging me, just, hey, mate, make, pick up your phone. And I was like, I had like 12 missed calls. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, <laughs> yeah, picked, picked it up and... He was like, oh, we want, we want to call you up. And I was like, mate, you've called me. What do you want? This is the, like, the coach. And he's like, no, we've got to call you up. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, when can you get here? And I was like, well, I'm not really doing an awful lot. Um, kind of sacrificed that kind of summer and just carried on training just in case. Yeah, yeah just drove up to Manchester. It was pissing down with rain. And really? I think that was the, at, at that point, it might have been the furthest I've gone north. <laughs> and so... <laughs> um, um, so when went up there it was pissing down with rain like turned up and yeah then got to play that semi-final and final some of the like some really good players now like looking back at it wasn't Jack did Jack Singleton start and he was part of the World Cup squad last year right so basically because the games are six day turnarounds um, Jack Walker who's playing for Bath now um, you can't pass a concussion test or the protocols within six days it has to be seven um, so obviously okay. they need someone else to play so that's when I kind of come in and fill the gap and then basically no one got injured in that semi-final so they couldn't then drop another person out of the squad to get him back into it and he was the captain yeah. so I kind of felt a little bit bad but Sweet Jean um, had your photo with the trophy just like that yeah mate great hey. right. uh, yeah so yeah mum and dad come up to watch and yeah got to play and yeah Jack Singleton started I think got people like Will Stewart was on the bench with me yeah and he's obviously now in like in and around that kind of England squad as well which is pretty cool um yeah. you've got players like March that have gone out to like and played really well Harry Malander um yeah I actually yeah. played England under 16 like CB side with Harry Malander no like, way yeah mate that's that, that's kind of like what we were looking at at the time mate there was like seven or eight hookers in front of me. I was like reserved for like under 16. See, I remember saying to my mom, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it's a waste of my time. Cause I was doing it with Sam and then he got cut by it. And I was just like, this is not fun anymore. I don't even like anyone. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean that kind of that stage, it's kind of like schoolboy kind of like yeah. mentality. Like I didn't really know anyone. So no one was really that pally with me. So I was kind of a bit like on my own almost. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that like yeah, age grade stuff right? is very difficult because you've got big egos, you've got big personalities that always try and come in and put their stamp on things. So it's kind of hard to get to grips unless you're consistently in there to get a good yeah. lads and stuff. I think there's, no, only one, there's only one player that we actually um, played against and he also played with you, which is Sam Asplan Robinson. Oh, Asplan, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mate, honestly, I think it was, un what was it, under 16, or was it under 15 A's? He was under fullback 15. for Wellington. And he ran in four tries at before half-time. And none of us, <laughs> I remember just, I honestly remember, I think all three of us just got completely bounced by him, trying to put in a tackle. He oh, yeah. absolutely ran the show that day. 
I think I just pretended to tackle him. I think it was one of those ones where you just wrap the arms and he drags you along. You're yeah. like, oh. oh, no. <laughs> that guy. I remember he, yeah. he, was, he was the best player we played against. He was so like much better than everyone else. It was like men against boys at that point. Yeah, it's crazy to think like, because like backs especially, I feel like at like school level can really, really stand out. Yeah. Um, more, than, more so than a forward. Um, because there's a lot of obviously moving parts with the forward pack. You've got to do a lot of work that yeah. probably doesn't get seen and you're not that fast, much faster than everyone else. You might be a little bit stronger, yeah. but you're not that much quicker. Um, you so, I remember you having decent burners back in the day, though. You could get you off the mark. Feet you had good feet. Yeah, I, can, I, can get, I can get off the mark. Don't worry about it. I've still got a little bit of gas in the tank. <laughs> I still, I'll still attempt to goose a winger, but when, oh, <laughs> when I first came out of school, I remember this is like when I really knew that I really wasn't that quick. <laughs> Basically, I played in like the World Club Sevens at Twickenham when they had like all the different clubs playing against each other yeah. Like, yeah, all, yeah. like all over the world. I remember playing Carl and Isles and <laughs> he, honestly, I, I think I tweeted and one of my tweets I put, I'll give Carl and Isles the outside. I gave him the outside. He took it and he was gone <laughs> about three or four times like round me and I just had no hope in hell. I think at one point he was like 10 metres away, like sprinting off. And I just thought, I've got to make it look like I got close to him. So I just dived, you know, nowhere near him. And just like kind of punched the floor and was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is outrageous. How, how, how quick was he, Pipes? Fast. He's like an Olympic sprinter. If you had to pick, Tom, who's the best player you played against? Against? Or um, with. Or with. Or with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone that you just played and thought, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult question that one because you kind of want to choose your mates and that you're good friends with, but you think, yeah. oh, are they really kind of the best players? But yeah, it's kind of hard to say because I played with some good players in, in kind of that Quinns and you kind of train with them every day, so you kind of see them all the time. Yeah, someone like um, like a like a Mike Brown or a Chris Robshaw, which are like so competitive, so like consistent, um, but might not be the most natural naturally talented people but obviously have that talent as well as that kind of drive that you think mm -hmm. Fuck me, that's that's pretty outstanding and they kind of do it like week in week out like Chris Robshaw like captain England so many times and um and for yeah. well, did like a really good job so you kind of admire someone's like work ethic like that but for like out and out kind of like talent it's a difficult no. one to kind of narrow, narrow down because there's like so many people that you play against or play with. Yeah. And like, that's true. Yeah. You play, I play with some like good, good players out here that could be, that could be really good as well. And you think that, oh, they, they could be really good. You're not too sure. Like, a few people in our, in our like club team at the moment are pretty, like, pretty good. Like, you've got, as I said, like Ethan, Ethan Roots, who plays for Crusaders, played with like Jack Hyton, who's playing for the Blues. So there's a few people yeah. from the club and I mean I played with Snapper a few times and so Nick Evans and he was yeah, yeah mate, he was like Nick different Evans, great Clark. Yeah, mate. He like different like just above everyone else. Just knew exactly what to do in the right place, right time. Nick Easter, another one. Just yeah. Like because I came into it when he was at the back end of his career, but still mm -hmm. like so like naturally like out like outstandingly gifted and um yeah, mate, he didn't really do a warm-up. He just, like, stretched off his calves and was, like, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, either, like, any of those people that kind of come to mind, any of those internationals, like, yeah. and, like you can pick, pick any one of them because they're all pretty good, like Danny, Danny Kerr, and even if you're looking at someone like a kind of Joe Marchin or something like that, who could be, yeah. like, like, outstandingly good. Um, but, yeah, how's he, get, how's he getting on at the Auckland Blues at the moment, Joe? Oh, mate, have they, they just signed Dan Carter. I know, me and Chitty were oh, saying yeah. that. Yeah, mate, their backline is the ridiculous. Their backline is mental. ridiculous. So, yeah, the thing they got... Playing 13. Bowden Barrett, don't yeah, they? Yeah, if he gets in a team. <laughs> I think that... Um, yeah, I think he's going to be playing 13. You've got, like, hit Jonathan Ruru at 9. Or Dan Carter at 10, if you want to put him at 10. you got, like, um, TJ... Or oh, I think his name's TJ or something. Or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. At, at like twelve, you've got March thirteen. You got someone called Mark Tillier on one wing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I actually played with him in like Harbour B stuff as well. So that's like another Seriously. one. Like, 
yeah, so I'll play with him. And then you've got him on one wing. You've got Rico on the other wing. And then you've got Bowden Barrett, a fullback. And you think, <laughs> like, kind of, where, how, how are you kind of, you can't really go wrong with that kind of backline. That's like that a is outrageous. standard backline. I was going to say this week, so from the Would You Rather section of the pod, this week's question is uh, it's about whether or not whether or not you think you and five of your mates would be able to beat up Conor McGregor in a fight. And we were wondering, A, do you think you'd be able to beat up Conor McGregor with six of you? And B, which five players that you've played with would you pick? Or just five players generally would you pick to try and take him down with you? I feel Mate, like the six rugby players, you've got an advantage because you're bloody massive compared to him. It would be a hell of a yarn to like beat up like Conor McGregor with six of your mates. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. first and foremost. So I think I might have to choose, choose like my closest mates because you yeah. you can't just choose some random blokes. You got to kind of have a bit of heart on your sleeve and true. And yeah, it depends. True. Conor McGregor's corner getting involved, or just straight up just Conor McGregor. Yeah, just McGregor. In the ring, straight Conor handicap match, one v six, and he's just Conor. throwing elbows and knees and everything. Yeah, he's he's got he's got full Nelson. I don't know. He's, he's playing all the tricks. I mean, yeah. I, Six, six my mates. Yeah, I reckon, de- I reckon definitely could do it, but need a, be- yeah. a bit of variety in my, my, my choices. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've got like I'm taking Ethan Roots. He he used to do MMA. He would like choke hold it. He would do something strange, <laughs> and I'd be like, sweet, get him in. <laughs> First and foremost, um, bad bad man. I would I would actually choose like Matt Luamanu. Oh, I've okay. seen him break break some people. <laughs> like, like he'd do a job maybe um yeah get him get him involved as well just for a bit of size as well he's 120 kegs that that'd help me out who else would get involved we might get sam arnold involved as well he's got a bit of a he's got a temper as well back at school Mate, he's got a hot streak and he's got he's got that Irish twang from somewhere. I don't know where he's got yeah, it from. Yeah, yeah, no, he has. He's, he's, he's definitely developed the Irish twang. He poured he poured milk into my rugby boots. <laughs> he thought it'd be funny, and they just fucking stank for weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, get Sam involved. Um, then who we got? Probably get um, probably Big Josh involved as well. Josh Benoque. I think I'm saying that right. Oh yeah. Sorry about that pronunciation. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I was chatting to him the other day. We had a little Zoom call with a few of us, like just to catch up, because he got caught um, going for a coffee with some of the Saracens lads. Oh, um, really? Orphans. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they were just literally just having a social dif- distance coffee. But I guess you can't really do that in the UK. Probably get him involved. No, we need one more. We need one more pipes. Chuck one more in the mix. I've already, I've gone for big lads. I'll probably go for one of my good mates, Henry Cheeseman, just because it'd be. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swap, swap in and out. I'm gonna get Henry Cheeseman okay. and Charlie Walker, both of them, and <laughs> because that would just go down very, very well. Great chat on a kind of Saturday night, just some, yeah, some dubious calls. <laughs> and to be honest with you, the story itself would probably get us in more trouble. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably okay. get him to tap out. Don't want to ruin his money maker. That's no, no, cool. Well, that's a pretty fearsome six. I reckon you're definitely winning. I think. I mean, the, the weight advantage alone should mean you could just pile in, and I reckon you've got him. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, just, just for clarity, I'm I'm hanging in the back. I'm organising. Smart <laughs> <laughs> role. That is definitely yeah. the smart role. Vocal role. Rome's yeah. open war tactics: sending in the foot soldiers first. And yeah, I'm sending in. Yeah, I'll send, in, I'll send in everyone else first and I'll just be hanging back. Do you have any funny initiations that aren't horrible that you could tell us about from senior clubs or is there nothing really that joke? No, nothing like... Um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had anything that bad. Like, yeah. nothing really, like sing a song. Happening to, like, as an ACAD, you have to like, kind of get the drinks all the time and things like that. Do you have um, a go-to song? Yeah, if I used to, to go to song. Robbie Williams' Angels. But I kind of went away from that now because I feel like it's so mainstream. Um, I like a bit of Bill (laughs) Collins against all odds as well. Nice. Yeah, very nice. My first year, was it first or second year? First year, I think, that 
we had like a meal a wheel of misfortune if you'd done something wrong okay. and mate i was not ready for professional rugby i was doing things wrong left right and center i had to spin this wheel so many times like one <laughs> like, i had a like, hoodie on one day went up to a scrum session i had a vest on underneath and i was like fuck um <laughs> didn't even have a top on like i just had like a one of those like singlets in the gym and everyone was like what the fuck are you doing and i was like Ah oh, fuck! Um, <laughs> just like stuff like that, just like turn up like late and things. What was on the wheel? What kind of stuff? Um, like they had like some like pretty funny stuff. Like you had to like sing a song, like dance for a minute, things like that. But dance for a minute would be yeah, so but hard. Dance for a minute, no music. <laughs> oh, that is horrible. Um, oh, you had to, like something like like um. I think it was like the business wanker so he had to come in in a suit for a week <laughs> and then leave in a suit that's um, incredible that is yeah, good. Like, yeah but just like um, not really like drinking stuff like some of my best yeah, like yeah. stories are when I was kind of out on loan because when you're with the club you get put on out on loan and went played for Worthing Roslyn Park and yeah some of my best kind of memories like drinking are with kind of those lads outside of that Quinn's kind of bubble um, yeah because they're not really kind of monitored, those kind of other clubs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. There's some weird, weird and wacky stories. Down in Worthing, mate, is a weird place to get on the list. Worthing are a bit of a feeder club, aren't they, for Harlequins? Yeah, so you kind of get put on loan um, when you go there. So when you go, you turn up, you kind of get put on loan out to these clubs. And remember playing 12, for 12 weeks, I played eight minutes week on week straight out of school straight beginning of the season um i got like and then i got out of favor their captain came back or something so i didn't play again play for worthing twos against fucking some dusty old teams you kind of have to do it's like yeah you kind of have to get it out of the way out of your system but yeah it kind of gets like that and then my last season at Quinns just really didn't enjoy at all there wasn't playing yeah. I was playing a league i was supposed to be on loan at ealing i went there for a couple of weeks and they well, they didn't play me because I was only there for a couple of weeks. Then Quinn's wanted me back. I was on the bench, in and out, travelling reserve. I remember my 21st birthday was a fucking pile of shit. I went down to... Oh, this is, this is quite bad. My 21st was Bath away. And so I went down the day before. We trained and stayed over and got up in the morning, went to that, went breakfast, sat down on the tables. One of the coaches come and sat next to me and I was, I was a bit weird. I was like... I don't really want to sit next to you, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> and then, like, some of the lads came up to me and be like, oh, happy birthday, mate. And I was like, oh, thank you. And like, oh, it's all, it's all good. And um, the coach goes, oh, mate, is, your, is, it your, is it your birthday? And I just went, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, how old are you? I was like, oh, it's my 21st. And he goes, oh, big birthday. What are you up? What are you doing? And I, I looked at him and I was like, wait, I'm traveling reserve for your game today. <laughs> I was like, what do you think I'm doing? You're later. I'm like, but realistically, what time do you think we're getting back from traveling a bath away? Like, we get back at like two in the morning. What, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> like, as soon as I knew I wasn't playing at half time, which when I had like a few pints and was yeah. like, just on that. Like, yeah, mate, it was a fucking pile of shit. What team socials like? Um, at Quinn's and obviously the team you're at now and Roslyn Park were they good fun? Oh yeah it's team socials mate just they kind of get everyone together and everyone kind of it's the only time where everyone's got the same collective to get absolutely written off and like my mate Stan Stan South so basically he had a pretty sloppy rig like throughout <laughs> throughout like academy everything every team social he was Jubba the Hutt <laughs> no matter what the theme was <laughs> everyone else was he was Jubba the Hutt and the thing is the first year he went out and got an inflatable Jubba the Hutt costume which cost him like fucking like nearly a like hundred quid I think he had like a fan going in it and <laughs> the thing is then every social after that he had to get a new one because it would break inevitably on a social Very good. yeah socials are pretty class now. Right. Like it did become it, it wasn't so much of a hobby anymore and like a passion. It was more of a job by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of like, yeah, it's difficult because especially you kind of lose that kind of motivation you had initially when you play professional rugby, especially when you're not playing for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. it's difficult to kind of 
get you get your head around that as a kind of spectator and as a fan you kind of think oh these they, they should be easy they have it easy they're, they only work then you go to the gym for well, three hours a day they can't they can't do that they can't do this and you think you yeah. come, it comes with it like the, the whole added pressure of you're known then as that oh you you play rugby whenever you go see family friends it's the same questions it kind of takes its toll especially if you're not playing for a long time and you've had like a little taste of it and you want to play um yeah yeah you kind of that must be really tough when you know what it's like to like to actually get out and play and then you have those like appearances and then it just suddenly stops and then you're like yeah. you know what you know what you're missing so yeah exactly and it's kind of like um i explained it to my dad once in the way that you you go to work so imagine you're going to work so you go to work each day you put in the the, the graft you're fucking working hard you're doing all like the things you need to do to get your job done and you, you're really ready to go and then you turn up to work and you, you can't touch your keyboard or move your mouse you can only just look at the computer screen and watch what everyone else is doing because you can't speak or do anything because that's what it's yeah. when you're on the edge of the kind of the side of the pitch. That's what you're watching. You're watching everyone else do kind of the work. Do and, their work. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, you, you kind of feel frustrated and you you kind of like, I hope he doesn't play too well so I can get a chance. And you, you don't mm. want to be like that. And that's not the mindset to have. So that's kind of at that point you kind of think. That's when you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to kind of be there or um, or not? So what's the long-term goal really, Pipes? Do you, do you want to come back to England and give it another stab at maybe, I don't know, the championship or, or see if you can get in somewhere else or, or what's the sort of crack? Yeah, I think like long-term goal would be like, it would be nice to kind of give it another go because I feel like I've, I've got a lot of, because uh, I only played one place, I only played for Quinns and um, that's the only place I kind of played in the UK. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I've spoken to a few different like clubs like Rosalind Park and things like that. And haven't really spoken to many clubs in the championship. I mean, I had an agent before, but I don't feel like they've done a lot for me. I, I just yeah. don't see the point in it, to be honest with you. I'd rather speak to someone myself and sort it out and be be adults mm -hmm. about it. I mean, do you need, need someone to kind of speak on your behalf? Yeah, so I didn't see the point in having an agent. I just didn't really like it as well. Like, he didn't really do a lot for me. He's got, like, other hookers in my age, in my like, in my position, uh, who, who are you really putting forward for a club that's looking for a hooker? You know, yeah. That yeah. I feel like the whole, the whole sort of sports agency industry is just completely messed up. It's just all backwards. Where they just, obviously, they're going to prioritise the people that are going to bring in the most money. But I just feel like sometimes they just disregard players. Yeah, they they do. They don't really give people like opportunities, and then because you got to think that they try and snap up everyone when they're young because they yeah. never know who's going to be good and yeah. who's not. Um, yeah. So they try and snap up everyone. I had someone like messaging me when I was like, I think 16, 17 at school and you kind of get a message through like Facebook or Instagram and you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, how, how like fucked up do you have to be to send a 17 year old kid a message being like, all right, do you want to have a chat about rugby? And I'm just like, no, frankly, I don't want to have a chat. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever get an agent again. Like if, a, if someone's interested in signing me, hello, if you're out there, yeah they won't be listening to the sports burrito fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, no but um yeah i'd just rather speak to someone myself being honest and open with them and yeah. yeah just be like yeah i mean i've spoken to rosalind park a fair bit and i kind of got an agreement with them that if i do come back then i'll play for them yeah i mean i played with like some like players in that team which are now like in especially in like loan teams you play with players and especially at younger age you play with players which are now like kind of in and around like professional setup and you and you kind of know yourself that you're probably better than them yeah and you yeah. Think, yeah. how how have they got there they've been given an opportunity and you haven't um but it's not it's not kind of like that because um you kind of think oh maybe they've been given an opportunity i know that i'm better than them but you kind of kind of go into that kind of selfish kind of thought and be like well, actually, they probably work really hard for it as well. So, yeah, can't really think yeah, that's true. You mentioned you have a, a nice little job going on out in New Zealand now. Uh, how did that come about? Well, like Hong Kong helped out a lot with that when I went out there. So, really, and that was that was class. Yeah, like I went out there for six months and lived and work out there, and that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah so was playing rugby in Hong Kong as well. 
Yeah, so I went out to play rugby. So I know one of the coaches really well that works for Hong Kong, the national team, and yeah. runs a club out there as well. Yeah, um, called Kowloon. So um, not on Hong Kong Island, but on the like kind of the mainland side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was out there, I had no troubles or anything. I know there's a bit of trouble there now, but great. Like you're living like and stuff is difficult because you so difficult cool. to kind of earn your way because you have to pay so much. A lot of stuff is yeah. really expensive. Like. Yeah. But like the experience out there was amazing, and mm-hmm. you know, some of the lads, some of the lads I met out there were fucking class, and you know played in that kind of ten that that lead up to the sevens, Hong Kong sevens. Yeah, like that week is like mental. Like I played in the tens tournament, which is run along because when I first came out here, I obviously played Premiership for like for the top side straight off the bat. Then I went mm-hmm. to Hong Kong and I came back and I came back in the like halfway through the kind of the season. And they had two hookers playing in the prems in the top okay. side. Which yeah. was yeah. So and then I was just like, fuck, this is pretty average. Like, I'm gonna have to play in this reserves as well. So I played like four yeah. or five games for the reserves. Um maybe six quite... games. Yeah. So which is a long, long thing. And I was like I was like yeah, I said to the, a lot. a couple of the coaches, I was just like, mate, like fucking any danger of me playing a game. Like I know because they kept winning and obviously they only lost one game all year. But they kept on winning, and I was just like, <laughs> so no just know it was getting dropped. And I was like, no danger of getting like an in or ever. And I was like, oh, can I, can I, like, I might have to actually move. I said, coach, I might actually have to move here, move a club just so I can get some game time um, mm. at like, a premiership at a half decent level. And he went, he goes, don't, he goes, like, don't, like, hold off just one more week and we'll see. That week, one of the, the lads got injured, the, well, he was a back rower, got injured. And um, then that week leading up to it, we were playing like the team that we played in the final, but just a normal club game. Um, yeah. And he was like, "You've you've played you've played back row before, haven't you?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I mean, it's not my position, but I've, I've played that." Yeah. Played seven, played then seven for the rest of the games, eight minutes every single game in the final. Played seven, played. Um, Someone called uh, Adam Thompson in the semi-final who played for All Blacks, um, playing for like Hurricanes at the moment. Did a fucking job on him, bitched him. Fucking. <laughs> so you eventually got more time through that. Are you playing front row now, though? Are you back? Well, yeah. I mean, it's pre-season still, so oh, okay. we'll see how, it, see how it goes. But yeah, I kind of want to play hooker um, again. Like, yeah. mate, I can throw a line out. It's pretty easy. Exactly. Standard. Mate, hit double top every time. <laughs> <laughs> all right perfect well thank you pipes that's all for this week thanks to charlie piper for coming on we hope you enjoyed some of his insights as much as we did also we want to just say thanks for bearing with us this week we appreciate that's a bit longer than usual um keep sending in those suggestions and most importantly, keep eating those burritos. That's a wrap from me. Thank you. Goodbye.